is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Any prayer, any worship that does not have its foundation in Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, God will not accept it. If it's not based on Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary, you are wasting your time. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. We're going to begin a new series this morning. Now, wait a minute. Don't get too excited because the last series we did was over a year. Uh, but uh, I promise you this won't last but just a few weeks. Uh, we're going to be dealing with John the Baptist uh, for the next few weeks. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to begin uh, with verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zechariah, the course of Abai, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. I want to just stop right there and use for a subject this morning the birth of John the Baptist. The birth of John the Baptist. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, I ask that you help me today to rightly divide the word of truth to bring forth this little message today as you would have it presented. Anoint the people to hear it and receive it. Lord, that we all might be drawn closer to you is my prayer today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Let me introduce you to an elderly couple a man by the name of Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth. 
Both of these individuals could trace their lineage back to Aaron, the first high priest of Israel during the time of Moses. The Bible says, if you'll look there in verse 6, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Now, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean that they were sinless? Well, of course not. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What this simply means is that Zechariah and Elizabeth were walking according to God's salvation plan which at that time consisted of the commandments of God and the sacrificial system for breaking the commandments. That was the Old Testament. You had the commandments, and God through foreknowledge knew that no one would be able to keep the commandments, so he had the sacrificial system right there alongside the commandments. So if you broke one of those commandments, you could bring your sacrifice and offer it up, and God would forgive you. It's the exact same system we have today. Except that sacrifice is Jesus Christ. If you play the fool, if you break God's law, if you sin and you're a Christian, go to the sacrifice. It's always through and by the sacrifice that you and I are able to have relationship with God. Let me ask this question this morning. How many under the sound of my voice today, would like to have God to say that of you. The same thing that was said here in verse 6, they were both righteous before God, walked in the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. How many of you would like for the Lord to say that of you? Amen. Now, put your hands down. How many of you today think that that's what God says of you? Now, don't answer. Don't answer. I'm going to shock some of you now. If you're sitting in this service today, if you're listening to me by radio, and you recognize that you are a sinner, and you have repented of your sins, and you've asked God to forgive you, and you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did at Calvary, guess what? You are before God blameless. You are righteous before God. Now you say, well, Brother James, I don't know about all that. Now you don't know what I did yesterday. Well, when you do wrong, you go before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. Please forgive me. He's promised us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, just because you're saved and you're living right, 
That don't mean that everything's going to be perfect. And things weren't perfect within the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Why? Because the Bible says that she was barren. She could not have any children. Now, to you and I today, that really doesn't mean a whole lot. But back then, it was a pretty serious thing. Because society of that day looked upon a woman that couldn't have children. She had done something wrong, and God had cursed that woman. And that's why she was not able to have children. And you say, well, what business is it of someone else's? Well, you know how people are. People want to tend to other people's business. But when a lady had children, she could fix her hair up a certain way, and it was a sign to everyone that she had children. And here is Elizabeth now. She's never been able to get her hair fixed. Now, you ladies sitting in here today, and I noticed some listening by radio, how would you feel if you were not able to get your hair fixed? Now you're beginning to see the seriousness of the situation. Now, you men are, are laughing and giggling, but it's pretty serious business. How would you feel if you went to church and people sat over there and they bicker about you and talk about you and, oh, they're cursed of God. She ain't never had children. She's done something terribly wrong. Y'all looking at me like you've been to a church like that. Mm. But Zachariah and Elizabeth, they had to live with this stigma, this cloud hanging over their heads of people talking and saying all kind of things. But you know, it didn't matter what other people said. It didn't matter that God had not answered their prayer because no doubt time and time again they had gone before the Lord and said, Lord, please give us a child. We want some children. But God never answered that prayer. They did not allow God not answering that prayer. Did not allow that. Did not allow them to get bitter at God. And quit going to church and quit serving the Lord. You see, now, now the reason I say that is because church can be a sticky place. And somebody can just look at somebody else the wrong way and they'll just get up and walk out to church and won't never see them anymore. How many of you know of some situations like that? Preacher didn't even shake my hand. I try my best. I stand at the door every Sunday back there and I shake everybody's hand. As they I can't help it if they go out the back door over here. But the preacher never even shook my hand. 
people allow any and everything in the world, they'll come up with an excuse to not come to church. But Zachariah and Elizabeth, despite what people were saying and despite the fact that God had not answered their prayer, they were still faithful to the work of God. And Lord, how mercy we need people like that today. They don't go to church for other people. They go to church because they're there, because they love God, and they want to serve God, and they want to please God. And Zechariah, it's now his turn to fulfill his priestly duties. And it was his lot to offer incense in the holy place and he takes his fire pan around nine o'clock in the morning or either three o'clock in the afternoon because this was the time that the offering up of the incense was done he takes his fire pan and he goes over to the brazen altar this is the altar where all the sacrifices were offered up and burnt upon that altar. He takes a pair of tongs, reaches down and grabs one of those hot coals of fire, places it in his fire pan, walks into the holy place, up to the altar of incense, places that hot coal of fire upon the altar, and then pours incense on that hot coal of fire. And as the incense touches that hot coal, the smoke of the incense begins to rise up, and it fills the room. And you say, well, Brother James, what in the world has that got to do with anything? It typifies our prayer life and our worship that goes up before God. That hot coal of fire that came from the brazen altar, the altar where the sacrifices was offered up. That hot coal of fire represented the judgment of God upon sin. The first time that we have this done in the Bible was the two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, Leviticus chapter 10. They walked into the holy place and they offered strange fire before the Lord. What is that? There were many things going on around the tabernacle there were fire pans bowls utensils that needed to be washed and perhaps Nadab and Abihu they went to one of those places and they got fire from there they used fire that was used for other religious purposes but they didn't get the fire from the right place the brazen altar the altar of sacrifice and the Bible says that fire came out from before the Lord and killed them dead on the spot what does that tell us it tells us today that any prayer, 
Any worship that does not have its foundation in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, God will not accept it. I'm sorry, Muslims, but when you lay down your cloth on the ground and you kneel however many times it is a day, if it's not based on Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, you are wasting your time. It has to be through and by the finished work of Calvary's cross. And Zechariah, he's offering up this incense. And while he's standing there praying, he looks over to his right and he sees the angel Gabriel, liking to have scared him to death. Now, what would you think? If you were standing in there in the bathroom this morning getting ready to come to church and all of a sudden, you saw an angel appear. What would be your reaction? Oh, I know some of you see an angel every, every time you look in the mirror. But he was fearful when he saw this angel, and the angel said, Fear not, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Some of you need to hear that. There's some of you listening by radio this morning. You need to hear that. God has heard your prayer. And he went on to say, if you'll look there in verse 12, verse 13 rather. God has heard your prayer. Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. There's nothing like going to the Lord in prayer and asking him for things just between you and God. And then... A short time later, nobody else knows anything about it, but a short time later, what you've asked God for, you see it come to pass. Or somebody calls you up on the phone and they say something, and it, it just confirms what you've been praying about and talking to the Lord. There's nothing in the world like that. Let's look at this calling of God upon John's life. He said, verse 15, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, before I go any further, let me say this. I believe that God has a purpose for every person born in this world. Let me go a step further with that. I believe that God has a purpose for everyone that is aborted before they even come into the world. I truly believe the mess that our country's in right now. The reason we're in this mess, God sent the answer, but it was aborted. Could it be? Could it be? But God has a purpose for everyone, but there are some who are called of God for a special purpose. 
And John the Baptist was one of them. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Luke 1 verse 15. Now let me ask this question. What is it that makes one great in the sight of the Lord? Do they have to weigh 300 pounds to be great? What is it? I'm going to tell you what makes one great in the sight of the Lord. It's when one accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they take up the cross daily, and they follow Him. And they're doing what God tells them to do. That is what makes one great in the sight of God. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. In order to carry out God's purposes in your life, you must first be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't do anything without the moving, working, and operation of the Holy Spirit within your heart and life. And it's more than just a one-time situation where you come up and get saved. But we, we looked at it one Wednesday night out here in the fellowship hall. But, and the scripture said, I, I believe it's over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that we're made to drink of that same Spirit. Drinking of the Spirit. Now, as hot as it's been the past several weeks, and thank the Lord it cooled off just a little bit this week, you know as well as I do, you get out there and you get to working, you get thirsty. And boy, that was some good lemonade. And that was some good water when I was out there working and be able to go and, and get a drink. As we walk through this Christian experience and you're being used of God, you've got to constantly go back and drink of that Spirit, the Spirit of God, and be filled with the Spirit of God. It's more than just a one-time situation but you constantly go back and let me tell you however much you need he's able to supply it all right verse 16 and many of the children of israel shall he turn to the lord their god and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of elijah in other words john would have the same measure of the spirit upon his life as that of elijah he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. What in the world does that mean? Israel of that day was very self-righteous. God would use John the Baptist to bring the people back to God's righteousness rather than self-righteousness. Bring them back to the righteousness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, back to the faith of their forefathers. The disobedient to the wisdom of the just. John the Baptist would be used to bring Israel of that day back to the Word of God. To make ready a people prepared 
for the Lord. He would get the people ready for the Lord Jesus Christ to come on the scene and even introduce Jesus Christ. Now, when Zechariah saw all of this, he just couldn't believe it. He didn't know what to think. Now, before we criticize Zechariah, how would you react? How would you respond? Back years ago, right after I got saved, I was 12, 13 years old. My cousin come down one summer and stayed a few days. He's on, I don't know, maybe 15 years older than I am. And the Lord saved him, saved him from drugs, alcohol. I mean, I'm talking about addicted to some hard stuff now. And the Lord saved him. And boy, he was on fire for God. And he was staying in the room right there next to mine. And I'm in there in the room playing with my G.I. Joes or whatever the case. And I heard my cousin in the room next door, and he was praying. I'm talking about praying out loud. And I could hear him through the air-conditioned vents up under the floor, and it was coming up in my room there where I'm playing at, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to have me a little fun. Now, wait a minute, before y'all look at me funny, now I won't, but about 12 or 13 years old, I won't sanctified yet. Okay? <laughs> and I can hear my cousin in there, he's just praying. And I got right down there at the vent, and I used as deep a voice as I could, being a kid. You know, at that age, your voice is starting to change, and I said, Bill. It got right quiet. Bill stopped praying. And I said it again. I said, Bill. And he said, yes, Lord. <laughs> when he said, yes, Lord, I just lost it. And I started laughing and giggling. And boy, when he come out of that room, I could tell he won't very sanctified. <laughs> oh, man. Talking about unbelief. Unbelief. Zechariah couldn't believe. I think to a certain extent he was... He was just so taken aback by what he saw. He was in shock. Perhaps he was thinking in his mind, did somebody play a trick on me? Did I burn the right incense? Have I been sniffing something a little strange here? But now, laying all jokes aside, you got to keep in mind, there had been no vision or prophet in Israel for over 400 years. You think of that. And more than likely, in Zechariah's mind, he's thinking, God don't move and work like that.
today like he did 400 years ago. See, that's the problem with many under the sound of my voice right now. Your problem is the reason God's not answered your prayer is because you don't believe that God works today like he did. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm here to tell you, let me tell you this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you will believe God, if you will believe God, if you'll lay that unbelief aside and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, He will answer your prayer. Maybe Zachariah's thinking, well, if God did work today like He did back then, who am I? Who am I that God would come and visit me, show me a vision to be speaking these things to me? What makes me so special? The Bible says God's no respecter of persons. I don't know exactly what all his thoughts were. But his unbelief was because his focus was on himself. His focus was on his problem. His focus was on his limitations rather than the one who can go exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask for or think. Saw something this week. I don't know who said it, but they were spot on. And the saying was this. I have a great need for Christ. And then right up under it, it said, and I've got a great Christ that can meet my great need. You think of that. That's faith. That's faith. Zechariah, his focus is on himself. His focus is on his situation. And what was the situation? He was too old. And Elizabeth too. They were above and beyond childbearing years. But if you'll believe God, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Their situation is very similar to that of Abraham and Sarah. See, when God came down with Abraham and Sarah in the tent door, some many, many years before this particular episode here. And God said, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah laughed. And the Lord said, why did Sarah laugh? At the appointed time, I will restore unto you according to the time of life. And she conceived, and she brought forth Isaac. And the same thing happened here. Zechariah finished his duties, went back out. The people, they wondered why did he tarry so long in the temple. They perceived that he had seen a vision or something but he couldn't talk to them. Why couldn't he talk to them? 
because of unbelief. You see, Zechariah asked this angel for a sign. Now you would think that seeing an angel and having this kind of word coming to you, that would be sign enough. But he wanted a sign, and in his unbelief, he was stricken with dumbness. He couldn't speak, and evidence is it goes a little bit further, he couldn't hear either. So he lost his hearing and his speech. That was his sign. What kind of sign is it going to take to get us to believe God the way that we should? But he comes out and he beckons with his hand because he can't talk anymore. God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention, to get you to believe him. Zechariah goes home. Lo and behold, Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Some six months later, Mary, now pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ, goes to visit them. And when Mary walks into the room, Elizabeth standing there with little John the Baptist, little John the Baptist leaped in her womb. At the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When was the last time some of you leaped in the presence of the Lord? You ought to try it sometime. Little John the Baptist got excited. He won't even born yet. And just think, if he was living in this day and age, he could be aborted. When the time was fully come, Elizabeth brought forth John the Baptist. Happy day, oh happy day, exactly as the angel had said. They went to circumcise the child some eight days after he was born. And they were going to call his name Zachariah after his father. And Elizabeth said, no, his name shall be John. And they're just standing there scratching their heads. There ain't nobody in this family named John. So they sign to Zachariah. And they give him a tablet. And he writes on the tablet, his name shall be John. And the moment Zachariah acquiesced, Two, calling the child's name John, the Bible says that his tongue was loosed and his mouth flew open and he began to praise and glorify God. Let me tell you something, when you've been through some things and you can't see no way out and the Lord steps on the situation and he changes things and he delivers you from it my friend it's time to open your mouth and praise God but wait a minute he goes on now to prophesy about this child as the spirit of God moved upon him and we're going to deal with that a little bit more next week
If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 2994234 This program is an outreach ministry of friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina as well depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab it's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal you can also mail us at established in the faith PO box 601 Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (laughs) 